This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the fastest, easiest, most professional, user-friendly, and intuitive way to make your very own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order. And if you sign up for a year, you will get a free domain name as well. That's squarespace.com with the promo code THUMBS. Nice. It is nice. Okay, uh, we should do the actual podcast yep, now. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, do it. Uh, oh, that's the theme song. Uh, <laughs> I don't fucking know <laughs> games. <laughs> Threat neutralized. <laughs> <laughs> It's December 8th, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 292. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Hey, guys. Hi, oh, hey, Jake. Hey, welcome to this podcast. Thank you. Thanks for that. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, this is going to be a reader mail heavy episode because it is. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> if we, ever, if we are even more uh, good at this. Unforgi- unforgivably behind on playing video games than usual. And we also have been just not working through reader mail as quickly recently because we've had some some uncharacteristically video game heavy episodes. I like the recently. One, we haven't been playing enough video games. Two, we have been playing so many that we haven't been in reader mail. It's actually true. We keep thinking recently that we're not going to have anything to talk about then but actually we've played tons of games and then finally the that um dam broke. I mean, Nick, you're still playing. I mean, it's not entirely sure. Nick, you're still playing tons of Dark Souls. I actually noticed That's true. that the uh, uh, this number is surely even higher now. But when I be- after last night's stream, but I noticed a couple days ago, I added up the length of all the videos in the uh, Idle Thumbs YouTube channel Dark Souls Ugh. playlist, and it's over 80 hours Ugh. long. <laughs> Across Ooh. across Dark Souls three and Dark <laughs> Souls one. That's like one week of crunch, but of Dark Souls instead. Yeah, that's true. You could have, <laughs> and it kind of felt like crunch you for a little bit yeah, in there. Yeah. So eh. you could have just crunched on some AAA video game. Eh, I'll take Dark Souls. He, he, did. he did. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I did. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, man. I'll just give like a quick update based sure. on what yeah. what happened yesterday. Dark which, Souls which, update. Yeah, Dark Souls update. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's shitty. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I did a dumb thing. I was playing the game, and at a certain point, you get this ring from killing this massive dragon, and the ring is like a joke item. It gives you nothing uh, beneficial, and it creates a situation where you're taking like 2x the damage that you normally would, Wow! which is a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's lot. It's like twice as much. It's twice as much. Yeah. It's 200%. Um, Whoa! When you put yes. it that way, when I put it that way, two hundred is it's a much a bigger number than two. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I got that ring, and I was just sort of like, you know, as you do while you're, you know, Twitch streaming thing. I was just kind of like talking to myself, saying like, "Man, you know, it'd be funny if I like, if I, if, you know, if if people, a lot of people subscribed, ha ha ha, and then so many people subscribed that I had to wear this ring. Like, if you donated <laughs> to Idle Thumbs, and then I put the ring on for the rest of this game. That'd be really funny. And then just like, ding, 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 just like all these subscriptions popped up, and I was like, fuck! So, <laughs> Our modern like, times! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was six bosses away, which is not that many bosses. I was like relatively close to the end of this game, and then I had to put the stupid ring on, because I just couldn't not do it, because people gave money for it. Yeah. So I had to you put this ring on. You could have not done it. 
I could have not done it, but I would have felt terrible and shitty, and people would have been mad. So I did it. I put this ring on. Oh my god! Like it. It basically means <laughs> that like I now 12 have bosses. Well, I now have the health of a level one character, like forty hours into the game or right. something. Uh, it's disastrous. So you committed it's to wearing just... this ring for the rest of your playthrough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, like to be fair, I'm I'm now one boss away, so I actually managed to like overcome most of it. So but you're there still were some it? stupid. Yeah, I'm. St- oh, I'm Holy going. The- oh, I'm shit. doing it. I'm just doing it. I got. I have to. But uh, there were some really dumb moments where, like, I have one ring on. You have to. That, okay, okay I, uh, I have one quick thing. Yeah. The Dark Souls streams have the internalization meter running, where chat determines how much of the game you've internalized. I feel like we should ask the person who wrote the script to allow it to go to 200% now. <laughs> well, I actually have control of the script now, so I could change that I think myself. you should set the max internalization yeah. value to 200% until you take the ring off okay. or complete the game. That's a good idea. Or make everyone's votes count for 2x percent. <laughs> or 50%. One of the two. Right. You, either, you have to choose, I feel like, which, which direction the multiplier on that goes. Yeah. Like, if someone says internalization 30%, does that mean that it goes to sixty percent, or does that mean that it goes to fifteen percent? I think it goes to sixty because he's doing everything. Yeah, right. At the level that would typically require only thirty percent internalization. But maybe the internalization meter is also wearing the ring. <laughs> <laughs> people, leave it, leave it people, as is. People within yeah. in chat have to type two hundred to get it to hundred percent. If you if you have yeah. everyone's values. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Too much internalization. No, it's uh, fine. Armchair. I, I think I prefer actually just raising the cap entirely mm. because most people wouldn't know. Like it'll take time for people to figure out that that's happening, and that is amusing to me intrinsically. Yeah. Okay. Well, now now they won't. They'll all know now. Well. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. It was. It's just really. I was a bad idea. Uh, and then you know, I had this ring on. You have two ring slots in this game, and um, are there two of that ring? Uh, I don't know. Oh my Pro- god! I think there probably is another ring that's horrible that I could find. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna somewhere. throw it out there. There's some probably some yeah, ring. some fucking thing, some trash but, ring. But I had in my other slot, I had like the best ring in the game, which uh, unfortunately, if you take it off, it breaks it and destroys it. And so everyone for like hours and hours and hours was like, don't make sure you don't take that ring off. That is like the most important thing you do in this game. Just you got the ring. Good job. Pat yourself on the back, idiot. But like, don't take it off ever because it'll break it and destroy it forever. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then I got to this point in the game where to get across this like lava field, you have to put on a ring (laughs) that makes you invulnerable. But then because I was wearing the double damage ring and I couldn't take it off, I had to just sit there and just like. Why can't you take the double? Because everyone paid him to not. No, 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 I know, but you can't take it off for like a minute. I couldn't do it. Yeah, no, that's that's good. No, I I I had to. I had to go all in on it. I I respect that a lot. I really do. I had to do it. So I just just broke the stupid thing and like put the stupid thing on it. It ruined everything. It was bad. But it was yeah. Anyway, it's <laughs> just stupid. That's really good. I'm very pleased about this. I can't believe you you before the episode. Nick said he didn't have anything to say about Dark Souls. How well, it's Dar- you know, Dark Souls continues to be uh, a lens through which you can see who you are. It's someone true. paid Nick to do something he didn't want to do. Yeah, there's no backing out of it. And even when he gets to a point when he could take it off briefly to to continue to allow his life to yeah. be okay. He took the one thing that he knew was good in his life that he could never get back and threw it away. (laughs) I would say, I would say, I mean, look, here's the thing. You're, you're a craven man with no sense of, of, uh, self protection, but you have integrity. (laughs) And that's something. Thanks, Chris. I'm going to take that quote. (laughs) 
and save it for the rest of my life. Put it on my gravestone. A craven man. You're a craven with- man. <laughs> but you know, I'll just trail off there, really. I'm saying, but you've got it. You've got integrity, though, and that oh, counts thanks. for something. Thanks. So. Yeah, all right. yeah. Well. It counts for a lot. Cheers. Even though you're, <laughs> you made us be a. Cheers. Yeah. A ruined. I, d- I didn't drink. The <laughs> <laughs> classic anyway. cinematic yeah. trope. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, that's the camera just holds on Nick not drinking and kind of looking away. Yeah. And then it cuts to a carriage rolling up somewhere right. or something. <laughs> yeah. Real change happens yeah. right then yeah. for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well. Well. Are we I'm I'm having literally the opposite experience of you still in Planet Coaster. Oh yeah. 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 You're plugging away on your on your meticulously crafted uh it's not even. It's actually gotten even more like mundane and stupid since me just like putting around with uh mm. with um with your plants landscaping mm-hmm. yeah i'm i've i'm now on my third attempt to try and excavate uh sort of a like underground enclosure for a dark ride right like my intention was to build a dark ride off of my main street that largely is underground so that on top of it there can be other rides and pathways and stuff it turns out that's really, 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 really hard. Are you yeah. doing, are you doing it by digging a hole then filling it in, or are you actually trying to make a cave? Because I'm I well, so I started by making a cave. I start my first oh. attempt was using auto tunnel, and then I realized this is impossible. This game has no tools to like see through terrain or like well, turn what off you, terrain. Well, what you have to do is turn on the first person camera and zoom down into the tunnel. It, uh, I then... was doing that, but it's impo- It's just it's, not. It's hard. You can't. Yeah. Like, because then I was trying to tunnel out a wider tunnel so that I could actually yeah. it doesn't give It doesn't give you a lot of control. There. It's just not, it's to- it was completely not feasible. So then I was like, okay, well, let's, let's try something else. I'm going to hollow out a big area. I'm going to design the track and the track's yeah. going to be like, go like up and down and have all kinds of crazy curves. <clears> and then I will build a building around that. And then I'll a building or just a building like okay. wall, just like blank yeah. walls, basically right, that like I can eventually facade. later put, yeah. de- you know, like decorate and lighting inside of it. And then I'll like raise earth around it. That was difficult because the terrain tool doesn't automatically like even if you turn. There's a setting where you, that you can turn on to like protect scenery and buildings from terrain. It won't, it won't it'll fill it in. for your hollow space. Exactly, it'll still fill in hollow space. I'm like yeah. fuck. So I based so last night I completely destroyed that. And now what I've done is I've built a just like perfectly flat, like rectangular excavation, which you can do because with the f- with this tool that allows you to like auto flatten surrounding terrain to mm-hmm. like whatever arbitrary depth yeah. you want, which is really classic handy. terrain tool. Yeah. And so now I have just like this big, like open rectangle and I've just, I've essentially, uh, now I've made the ride just have a, I've now made the loading and exit point for the ride underground. So you have to walk down <clears throat> like a, de- a flight of stairs that's to good, even though. get on the that's ride. Good. So now it starts underground. Yeah. And then like that's better. Most of the ride is flat. There's one big dip mm-hmm. for that'll be for like you know a climax of the ride. Then it comes back up, and I've just been building floor underneath it. Okay. Uh, and I've just now built like walls all around it, mm-hmm. floor all underneath it. I'm going to eventually put roofs all on that. Yeah. Then hoping, and this part I don't exactly know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to try and somehow get terrain ceiling on top. Mm. I don't even know how to do that. <sighs> it might have to be. <clears throat> it might have to be fake. I might have to just build like. I might have to just make 
a new ground out of like wood or something and then just landscape it manually with rocks and bushes and stuff. I should, I should. So I think there's probably a, I should show you the the way that I've been doing this stuff because I feel like it's not ideal, uh-huh. but like it's got to be better than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe, it might be fun to do another a different kind of ride. Yeah, you might should, be fun to do another coast stream. You should do a group yeah. stream. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. This is like a classic Fantasyland style dark ride. Mm. So you would, I, I, a tunnel through Earth isn't really the vibe. Yeah, so it doesn't I really. Want. You know yeah. what I mean? I want like a Mister Toad or a, like. You want a highly themed I underground see. show yeah. building? Okay, yeah. I you see. know where there's walls <laughs> right, and you right, like right, right, right. you 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 know you mm-hmm. like set dress the whole thing inside. All right. Timothy Pugh writes, "Hey, thumbs." The whole sitting around on a table talking into microphones on video thing is kind of freaking me out. Can you sit in a row and look at the wall instead, at least for an episode or two? What? Now, we already ruined this video in yeah. a different way today, so I think that that takes up our ruining video. Wait, I sit in a row and stare at the wall? Yeah, I don't like, what is this? Thing? Like, I don't know. Is that like, like a, a, like a horror thing? film? Yeah, it's like, what? Yeah, that's. <laughs> wait, do, uh, should we stare at the. Is the camera pointing uh, at us or at the uh, back of our heads? I don't understand it. Oh, so the way that we've ruined this. Oh, I know what he's asking for. Anyway, like if we're all. Oh, so we're all we're all facing at the audience. The oh, that's really. Like a live. Like a. Like a. Like a. Like, like a, a live. Like a live, like a live performance at a convention or something. Well, yeah, but a lot of a lot of video podcasts do that. That's where you're really sitting tough, though. Semicircular table and then the. the so much of like the that. dynamic uh, of our show has always come from us like being us able to actually just look at each other yeah, like you do at a yeah, regular table. Yeah. It'd be hard to see Chris in that instance, really, at that point. Well, like, you and I would have a good sight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the entire first like third of this episode, uh, every time the camera cut on the Twitch stream, the theme song played. <laughs> Which <laughs> oh god, I think the theme song is longer than the amount of time. It- it's like the camera cut was cutting about every twelve seconds, and the theme song is probably like fifteen or so. Oh, so. Jesus! <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Uh, so there's people going through major theme song withdrawal now that I fixed that. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I wonder what we're gonna do about the YouTube version. We'll, we'll have to just <laughs> patch in the regular. Audio. Oh, that's true. Uh, but yeah, the okay. video, there's just going to be a thumbs logo coming up yeah. <laughs> all the time. So apologies <laughs> to all video watchers. Anyway. Um, Sorry in advance to Johnny Driggs who edits our videos yeah, for us. Yeah, but uh, in future episodes, we'll record with us all just facing a wall and the camera. We'll keep mm. the same camera setup that we have, but they'll just right. cut to the back of our and heads. And we'll still have the theme song play every 15 seconds. Yes. Right? But instead, we'll be looking at a wall and you'll see the back of our And heads. we'll leave the microphones where they are. So we're just you'll hear like Distant. us kind of like talking into the acoustic foam on the sides of the right. studio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Whoops. Yeah. That's good. Anyway, if you don't it's like uh, seeing us, you just uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Theodore Stromberg writes, Dear Thumbs, I've been enjoying Nick's wonderful Dark Souls streams. Since it's uh, possible he'll have finished the game by the next podcast, I wanted to write in and highlight some things Nick didn't engage with much, but I think contribute to making the game a masterpiece. Are you okay with these? Oh, yeah. These thoughts, given that you haven't yet finished the game? One of the less talked about aspects of Dark Souls is how well it intertwines story and thematic content with mechanics. The player character is, as part of the premise, undead, someone cursed to come back after death until the trauma of dying drives them mad. A fate that will or already has befallen almost every human in the game. This does not only explain why your character responds, it makes getting frustrated and even rage-quitting the game part of the fiction. The game, furthermore, deals uh, with the idea of struggling against the inevitable, both on a character level and also a stage for the main plot. Your character's quest in the game is, unbeknownst to him or her and you, an act of futility. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, it's known. Spoiler alert. Okay. It's, it's, it is entirely <laughs> futile, whether I know it or not. <laughs> Since the game is beatable, this presents an apparent clash with the theme of inevitable defeat, necessitated by its nature as a game. How it deals with this is something I love, but I won't spoil it here. There you go. 
Right. Uh, it spoils by Nick Brecken, the actual man, going insane also. Right. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to touch on is how well the story is incorporated. <clears throat> One of my favorite readings of the game was presented well by Marsh Davies in a video for Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Dark Souls is clearly a game with a mythical tone from the larger-than-life beings that draw inspiration from Greek and Norse mythology to a permeating sense of vagueness. It's a game about myth itself. In typical video game fashion, the player character is on a journey to, to fulfill a prophecy, and demigods speak of you as the chosen one. Um, in Bioshock, you're led to believe you have self-determination, but is later revealed that you are, in fact, manipulated throughout the entire game, a commentary on player agency. Dark Souls is, in a way, the inverse of Bioshock in this regard. The prophecy you're trying to fulfill is a fabrication meant to benefit those who manipulate you. Instead of making a point of this, the game gives you the choice to reject it and never tells you. Through sequence breaking, you can unearth a different perspective on the story, and it is possible to reveal an entire area of the game as an illusion. The player character is not chosen, not special, and in fact, all player characters coexist within the fiction. In this way, it is simultaneously a commentary on the use of myth for political ends, but also on the hero's journey, particularly in games. I would go on longer, but I'm worried this is already too long to read. The final thing I'll say is that Dark Souls rewards people for looking at details, from small mechanical quirks to the placement of enemies. It all builds towards a cohesive uh, cohesive whole, and that's a rare thing. Cohesive colon. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for reading. Keep potting those pods. EOT on the forums. TEO in the real world, Sweden. Cool. That's really interesting. Yeah. I, I glean none of that from <laughs> playing the game. No, we people, know, give, we know. people give me shit all the time for not paying attention to to any of this stuff. You know what the problem is, though? The first time you play through any of these games, there's so much that you have to deal with that it's, very, it's actually kind of difficult to uh, put any of that stuff together. It, it, it doesn't really... Uh, mesh until I think you've probably beaten the game once. I mean, even somebody was saying while I was playing yesterday, uh, none of this will, like, the intro of the game won't make sense until you beat the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, you know, I think that seems very takes... true. I mean, this is this is a weird uh, analogy, maybe, but it's what I think about when I think about people who talk about uh, their experience with the world of Dark Souls. Have you guys ever been a customer at a place for a while before you then became an employee of that place? Mm. Like, your sense of someone's office as a visitor to it versus your sense of that space once you then work there is completely different. And I feel like your first playthrough of Dark Souls versus all subsequent playthroughs... uh, Once you become an employee of Dark Souls. Basically, yeah. (laughs) I mean, once you become a denizen of Dark Souls, uh, I think that, that, like, that that shift... uh, yeah, is is no, that's a good point. Is there? I yeah. think that's a good, that's a good analogy. Although I also suspect there are people who, I suspect if you weren't playing the game on a stream and if you just as a game player had a different inclination, yeah, like some people I think do play Dark Souls in a super, like very slow, meticulous, kind of meticulous yeah, kind of, yeah. way where they examine every corner. That's true. Although um, that, that that also is probably people who play Souls games. Like I suspect people's first playthrough of a Dark Souls game is probably the same overwhelming, just disastrous experience for yeah, a lot of people. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I I'm, I push back a bit because I think my <clears throat> my mentality in games like this is to play not necessarily to get like super invested in the lore because that's not my instinct, but definitely to like examine everything yeah, and like poke fair. around a lot. Um, in part because I'm just very ca- like for sort I think two <laughs> different reasons. One is that I like pushing those edge like edges of environments in video games, and also because I'm just r- really cautious in a way Nick isn't in games. Like when we play Hitman, Nick is like I will. I mean. I have to on a stream like really battle myself internally to right. not just like be the most boring 
man ever. Whereas Nick be- seems like you're like like an anxiety ridden Mr. Magoo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like it works. Why, why, why not, am so. I the shitty one in that? Couldn't we just say that you're- Chris lacks courage? Can't we just in in one of in one of these fucking things? Well, sure, can okay. We just please, Chris, just say Chris is that, a like, coward, but you are an angst ridden Mr. Magoo. That's, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I'm happy with that. I'll take that. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't no, no, trying no, no, to put no, you I, down in there. Yeah. Chris, the superior gamer. <laughs> <laughs> Follow him on YouTube at the superior gamer. Yeah. No, I mean it's definitely. I mean, I I definitely am the inferior gamer, which is I think one of the reasons I play that way, because um, I I I know I'll just eat shit otherwise. Although I mean, I guess that's there are some games that I that really I really mesh with, but uh, but a lot of the games I enjoy the most, like Hitman, I'm definitely not like a natural at. You know, you mm-hmm. should just do a Twitch stream where all you play is like. Weird Flappy Bird or Super Hexagon style games. Where oh yeah, like, I'm, where I'm like, great. Hold on, at let me stuff. just load up one of these that I've never played and throw the internalization meter up and just watch people just be f- fucking furious at you for like just destroying everyone's high score. I'm kind of sad those games are out of vogue now that we're doing uh, Twitch mm, stream stuff right. because yeah. there was the 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 guys who made Super Hexagon made a Flappy Bird tribute that was fucking impossible, and I saw you play it. And what was like, that called? It was called. Uh, I can't remember either. I've, oh God! I'll look it up. Oh, you can talk, and I'll look it up while you're okay. While you're but yeah, playing. I just I remember you loading that up on a whim, being like, "Oh, weird! There's like a combination of Super Hexagon and Flappy Bird, the two like <laughs> most notoriously just crushing uh, quick play arcade games." And you were like, "Oh, I got it! Do 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 do!" Like just <laughs> instantly into the hundreds of points. It's true. It's true. M- Maverick Bird. Yeah, Maverick Bird. Yeah. I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that. It doesn't. Well, I know. What Chris's brain does, I guess. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm good at that stuff because it's not like I typically don't seek those experiences out. Like, but sometimes they my, land in my, my life suspicion, which them. is which is a stupid one and may not be accurate, is that your ability, like, I think your internalization of music, like, of reading music and performing mm, on instruments, uh, uh, yeah. maps very like being able to sight read music and and instantly or very rapidly transpose that knowledge to a bunch of different musical instruments probably maps pretty closely to following really interesting following suspicion. stuff scrolling past you and then having to very quickly realize how that translates to a set of fixed inputs yeah that's totally reasonable that's really yeah. that's interesting I never thought about that that is really interesting yeah huh well introspective cast figured here. out Chris's brain anyway next <laughs> <laughs> Chris, a coward slash musical savant. <laughs> Nick, a craven Mr. Magoo. Jake doesn't play video games. Inscrutable. <laughs> I don't want them to know who I am. That's why I don't play video games. Yeah. Well, here's another here's another bullet point for, for this. Alex Larson writes, Nick Brecken, the master troll. Hey guys, I've started writing <laughs> Nick is giving up. Hey guys, I've started watching Nick's playthrough of Dark Souls and I was lucky to catch a stream the other night. Nick had already mentioned being a bit of a troll towards the chat, so I thought I would see it for myself. Fast forward, Nick is located in a big fortress filled with traps. He's currently standing on the small walkway across an open room. There are big blades swinging in front of him, so he stops for a moment to figure out how to get through. His mind goes directly to, I wonder what this button does if I just tap it. He asks the chat, wait for a second, and taps the button. The button he tapped was backstep. (laughs) Oh yeah, I remember this part. (laughs) I can't do anything but wonder, is Nick Brecken the greatest troll ever? <laughs> Best regards, loyal reader and now viewer, Alex to life. Uh, sure. I, you know, you just, it's just the, twi- the Twitch delay. The delay between you saying something or thinking anything, right? And then I guess probably like 15 seconds later, chat seeing that, 
reacting, and then I see that probably five seconds after they say something because I'm I'm just looking at the game. Mm-hmm. Just creates it's like a thirty second no, delay in my experience. Yeah, it's it's not great. So it just it just creates moments that seem like you're trolling everybody, but in reality you're just kind of doing your thing. So yes, I'm the greatest troll alive. <laughs> I am a shitty troll man i don't i don't know i think historically in video games uh ever since they've had the ability to be networked i would say that lag as a concept is mm. the greatest troll alive it's that's true, true. It is, that's it is. true. lag yeah. and either, either and, used uh, deliberately or 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 whatever. not the lag yeah, yeah no a, lag itself i think is the lag. Troll. Human yes, lag beings, is the troll human yeah. beings yeah. like to prescribe meaning to things which have no meaning but uh-huh. just are a weird mm. arbitrary pattern and i yep. think the results of lag in general have pr- has probably just imbued more things with oh, in- yeah. intentional meaning. The entire dynamic yeah. of HPBs and LPBs, yes. high ping bastards and low ping bastards, only yeah. exists because of the uncaring universal like property of lag. Yeah. You know, no one like engineered that. Right. I yeah. mean it's also right. I guess a result of like human economic uh like inequality yes. and like access to just services even, uh, and so on but yeah like, like locate yeah location and yeah just, all know, kinds of arbitrary you can't factors control. Yeah. yeah but but i hated those people right so yeah, so right. yeah what does exactly. that what does that say about yeah i guess the yeah. world or meanwhile me. the lag lord is yeah. just cackling maniacally right yeah over all of this Man, as, hopeful, nick hopeful Brecken, like, as nick yeah. brecken's like social resentment foments in his mind <laughs> right. yeah hopefully we as a culture have now created a, a lag god <laughs> But I believe the lag lord is the yeah the lag lord lag, the lag lord lag lord <laughs> yeah there's a lag Level lord on lord. his lag throne <laughs> lag for the lag lord Kane writes dork souls I can't believe this hasn't been pointed here's more Nick Brecken's psychological profile oh my god I Jesus can't believe Christ. this hasn't been this, pointed this out this reader yet. mail episode needs to at some point turn into actual reader mail <laughs> it <laughs> is reader mail this is okay yeah. all right. But in episode 290, when Nick told the story of eating a bunch of pizza and gaining superb Dark Souls powers, the boss he fought and defeated during that run was the Gaping Dragon, a symbol of tragic gluttony whose hunger for food was so great (laughs) that its bloated stomach transformed into a hideous, ravening maw around which the rest of its body has atrophied. Nick was chowing down on pizza, which he seemed himself (laughs) to find shameful, while fighting an allegory for the sin of gluttonous excess. Regards, Kane. No, I didn't know that. (laughs) That's cool. Cool. Did you? I think you may have known it somewhere deep down. Maybe. Somewhere in a deep crevice of recess of your brain. Sure. Resided (laughs) this dark knowledge. That's funny, though. (laughs) All right. Um... Well, here we'll, trans- we'll transi- transition, transition, transition out, out of Dark Souls with this pseudo Dark Souls email. Mark Shepard writes several times on Nick's Dark Souls streams. He's mentioned how much he likes the boss battles. I would highly recommend Fury. F U R I. It's an isometric game that has very similar boss mechanics and t- and the uh, fights of the type to Dark Souls, although not quite as large. However, the game is just boss battle, then walk, story beat, then boss battle, etc. Takes out all the fluff. There's even a second playthrough where the bosses become harder. Similar to Nick, I also prefer the boss fights in Dark Souls, and I loved this game. All right, cool. That's cool. <laughs> Fury. We should take a break. Oh, oh sure. God, yeah. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is an amazingly easy and user-friendly way to make any kind of website, portfolio, blog, or online store. And if you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order. And if you sign up for a year, you will get a domain name as well. Um, You can sign up without a credit card, though, so you can just make your website, figure it all out, 
before you commit to anything, make sure you know what you're getting into. Uh, the thing you're getting into is a very professional, uh, mobile responsive and usable website. We have an Idle Thumbs reader who, a little while back, I don't think I ever actually called this website out, uh, made, uh, made their website using the Thumbs promo code, and it is mattotto.co. M-A-T-T-O-T-T-O dot C-O. This person is a composer and sound designer of plays and musicals, it seems like, which is interesting. They have a, a whole resume full of theater productions. Nice. Which is really cool. And I can look at it on my mobile phone, and it looks great. I mean, that's all if, you need. If you have a store, if you need a portfolio, if you need a website, any of these things, a blog, you can do them with Squarespace. Squarespace.com. Promo code thumbs ten percent off. They have twenty four seven customer service. I never, crazy. I never mentioned that. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. In this day and age. I know. Yeah, that's, that's like actually. one of their big things that they really, uh, <clears throat> they really make a point of. Twenty four seven customer service. If you need anything, uh, squarespace.com, ten percent off with the promo code thumbs. Get that domain name if you sign up for a year. Why would you not? It's True. everything you need. You go to that one website. Everything you need for a website. Thanks, Squarespace. Video this episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Casper. Casper manufactures uh, incredibly nice mattresses that they will sell to you for a shockingly fair price and send right to your home. Or, any, I mean, anywhere else. Probably your home because that's where a mattress goes. Like Nick Brecken's <laughs> home. Nick Brecken, you, you recently bought a Casper mattress. I did. I finally did it. Did I've, you been, use, I've been teasing it for, for a long time here. Did you use the offer code THUMBS? I did indeed. Did you get $50 off because you used that offer code? I did. Well, there you go. $50 towards any mattress, such as the one. What, what size mattress did you buy? I got a queen mattress, Chris. You got a queen size mattress. Yeah, All right. A queen size mattress runs $850, mm. but you get $50 towards that queen size mattress. That is an incredibly reasonable price yeah. for a queen size mattress. What do you think of it? Man, I got to tell you, I was in dire shape before I got oh, yeah. this mattress. My back was awful. I was in so much pain every day. I'm not exaggerating. This is real. I was I was <laughs> I, in excruciating be- pain every day. Believe it or for not, like a I believe week. you. Oh yeah, it was awful. Uh, I bought that mattress. I set that mattress up. I want to say maybe like two days later, completely straightened out. Really? I am pain-free. Um, so I have to endorse the Casper mattress. Uh, it is it has changed my life, Chris. Uh, it's really hard for me to hear this sincerely because I know. you're Nick Brecken. I know it's because it's me, but, but I, it's true. But I know that you're actually being serious. I am being serious. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it's it's a really nice mattress, and it's it's actually helped me a lot. So I'm really happy with it. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. If you go to Casper.com and use the offer code Thumbs, you will get. $50 towards any mattress purchase. Uh, they're only $500 for a twin size mattress all the way up to 950 for a king. Mm. You get $50 towards your purchase with the offer code THUMBS. They have free returns if you don't like it. You have a 100-day guarantee. You're going to like it. Casper.com, offer code THUMBS. Thanks, Casper. Thank you, Casper. Video games. We right. are back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's what Mario says at the end. Oh, he says we're back. We're back. <laughs> oh, we're back. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hank Kelstrom writes: I met my long lost brother Jeff in 2009. There are a couple of MMOs we played together: Guild Wars 2 and World of Warcraft. My brother and I had a brief relationship before things got complicated. Uh, he met a woman who eventually drew lines that would set us apart completely. Sometimes I still see him on the old MMOs we played. It's the only way I'm ever able to talk to him. Um, 
the the only place he's he seems to be allowed to talk to other people. Sometimes he humors me and chats a bit, but a lot of the time he won't say anything at all um, because I think he's afraid to. This question is dumb because it's a mood killer for a podcast, but I want to ask, are there people in your lives that are only reachable via video games? Maybe people you check up with periodically. Oh, man. Hank Kelstrom. I think, Chris, you and I have talked about this occasionally. Yeah. Where, like, I had some friends in, uh, I guess, middle school, you know, when I was, like, 10 or 12, that just the thing that we would do is just play Blizzard games after school. And, like, that was the way that I kept in touch with those people for... I don't know, 10 years. That was uh, the same with me. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. I, I sort of fallen off recently, but like that was just, oh, if I want to like catch up with this person, I'll probably just play StarCraft. And, you know, yep. that was just kind of the, yeah. <laughs> but that was never, I never had that. The, the version for me is that there's people <clears throat> from various eras of my life who I only talked to by way of certain instant messaging protocols. <laughs> and uh, right. at a certain point, I realized that I hadn't talked to a bunch of those people in a year. And I realized it's because when I updated my PC, I didn't install and log into my Trillion account. So mm. like I was no longer connecting to gone. MSN Messenger, ICQ, <laughs> AIM. Uh, I was just on Gchat. And then I just lost like probably two dozen people. And I, it took me so long to realize that that I still haven't gone back and reinstalled it and checked up on that any of them. That's tough. I mean, it's been a, I've, I'm sure yeah. I've lost tons of people It was people like people from college, people I worked on various mods with yeah. like in mm-hmm. the early 2000s and late 90s. Like yeah. I just, I don't talk to any of them anymore because I don't sign on to the one like legacy IM protocol that we both happen to keep logging into probably because just Trillion had it tied to our accounts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I mean, during the during the period of like what, almost two years when Idle Thumbs was gone entirely? I mean, Nick, you and I largely... Oh, that's true. ...kept up via StarCraft too. Yeah. I mean, I think I think now that might be different because there's now there's just so many ways to be in contact yeah, with people. True. But at the time, I would say that our sort of almost daily StarCraft two matches were pretty much how we communicated. Yeah. Like, we would just be on there for a couple hours and... Yeah, it was fun. Just, yeah, that was, that was great. Um, you were saying you actually were thinking of getting back into StarCraft. I did. So. I downloaded StarCraft 2 and played a couple of matches uh, like three, four days ago. I don't know. I, I guess I, I, it must have just been a weird like internet hole that I fell down just looking up like StarCraft videos and stuff and just kind of like missing that stuff. And then uh, I was just like, well, I guess I should just install this game and see where it's at and just play it and see if I like it still. It's still really good. I think yeah. I'm, I'm going to play it some. Um they added uh, a couple of crazy new features too. One of which is the um, co-op archon mode, where you can control one base as two people. Which I wonder if that's fun or not. I'm curious. Uh, people were saying that we should try streaming yeah, that or I mean, something. I'm down for that. Um, but then also now they have just things like you can use the StarCraft One uh, soundtrack instead of the StarCraft Two soundtrack. Just oh, like goofy, man. goofy oh, stuff like that. Good. Where yeah. I was like, okay, I'm gonna play this just a little bit longer than I normally would, just to listen to all this old ass music that's still good. Um, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, just related, just a different part of that email. Like that is a bummer. Hank about your brother mm, mm-hmm. I don't really know like what to say about that in particular but I the only reason I'm saying anything is because I like I have a brother and we weren't ever long lost but I will say that we've never really had like a relationship that is close at all like we're not on bad terms we've just never really talked and I would say that like if you had a good relationship with that brother I really hope you can find a way to rekindle that because I'm like constantly regretful in my life of not having a more just like ongoing collegiate relationship 
with my brother, but I find it very difficult to just create that out of nothing. Mm. So if you're able to, I really hope you can find a way to get that back. That's Maybe a copy of StarCraft II for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, Phil Wilson writes, comedy and games. Hey, Thumbs. Uh, thinking about comedy and games, there isn't, there aren't really any AAA comedy titles and few and far between indie games in comparison to other genres. Why do you think that is? Does the format of comedy not translate well from other media? I hesitate to say they haven't been around long enough since The Secret of Monkey Island has quite an acclaim to it. Games like that and Grim Fandango seem to be standouts, but they're all uh, several years old. Is there something about an interactive narrative that, um, that leans towards a funny game? These are script-heavy games. Could this be down to the writers having a better idea of what comedy is compared to other attempts? Does the concept need to be oriented around the format of video games, or can you make the same joke irrelevant of platform? Apologies for the rambling. I appreciate any response. This is vaguely my dissertation topic, and it's always nice to hear the opinions of actual humans rather than uh, the words of an academic book. Thanks, Phil. Jake. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, Tim Schafer, who designed uh, Grim Fandango and co-wrote Monkey Island, has often lamented that there isn't, that, that we don't refer to, like, comedy games as a genre. And we've often talked on this podcast about how genres in video games typically do not refer, as they do in film, for instance, uh, or television, to uh, books are a little bit different. But in in film and television, genres typically characterize the tone of the story being told. Right. But in video games... A a comedy game is a game in which the mechanics allow two players to get married. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Chris. That was that was that took me a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. In games, it's the mechanics. Like R- yeah, yeah, RTS yeah. Well, is, a, is a genre, and not yeah, yeah. That's true. You know, I mean, well, video games have a couple of genres. There's sci-fi. There's <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> there's near future sci-fi. There's dark fantasy. Uh huh. Yeah. There's alternate history. And there's cartoons. Uh, alternate present <laughs> cartoon. I mean, to me, like. And then there's Team Fortress 2 aesthetic. Which is just, <laughs> it's just its own genre of, of visual style. Yeah. I think one of the reasons for this is that comedy, more than anything else, I think is reliant on timing, which means that, I mean, you can have mechanical, you can have jokes that are evoked purely through mechanics and like to be honest that's probably my well, favorite I was gonna kind say, of comedy in games but I think it's really hard to make an entire game like fundamentally rely on that as the ongoing yeah. like method of, not, in, of entertainment it's it's almost like that's in, like quap it doesn't you can't last it yeah, that long yeah you know I mean you can you can create a game that is um, uh, designed to create emergent comedic moments, but you can't guarantee that those things will exist, right? Like Space Team or something like that right. is designed to allow for like people to create things like, things hilarious like Goat things. Simulator, like, where it's like yeah, just yeah. lean into Even the like abs- over overcooked. Have you guys? Played yeah, that? yeah, that game is great. That's where like it's a great game. The just absurdity of systems, collisions, and physics on top of each other, but like yep. make just don't try to pretend that it's serious and just know right. that just outrageous things are going to happen. It's different though than. Monkey Island is like just joke writing. It's right. like it's stand like, up like versus gags. improv yeah. almost. Where like the yeah, I yeah. don't know. Well, yeah, like if you were, if you said like, oh, here's this new comedy game, Overcooked, and you gave that to someone, someone who is a fan of comedy, 
like it's sort of irrelevant. Yeah, right. Like th- would, their interest in comedy is sort of irrelevant to whether they're going to enjoy that game or not because that's not really what we think. Uh, like, yeah, you would describe that game as absurd and hilarious, not as a comedy. Whereas right, you would describe right. the Stanley Parable as a comedy because the Stanley right. Parable, yes. Yes. your actions just feed into yeah. a joke-telling robot. Also, to right. the point about timing, like the Stanley Parable can be a game that is wall-to-wall joke humor writing essentially because all of the time, like the all the jokes are delivered by a like omnipresent narrator and all those lines can be delivered with timing appropriate to the jokes. Whereas in a game, that's a lot, it's harder to get that across without just like scripted written stuff with timing tuned, in which case you're basically just writing like most of the time you're just writing movie jokes. Like this, you know, essentially you're writing screen jokes for screen and then playing them on top of a game in either a cutscene or in a dialogue section where the like, timing is enforced. But it's still responsive to your inputs, but your inputs aren't actually the joke. Right, right, right yeah. exactly. Whereas the Stanley yeah. Parable like gets away with it because the entire structure of the game is yeah. also a joke. Like the game fundamentally yeah. is structurally a joke because it's about how you don't have any control over anything essentially. Um, which allows the game to then take as much control as it needs to to deliver all of its comedy to you. Um, yeah, I there are certain things games are games share so much in common with film and television, like with with motion picture, basically because they're on a screen and we, in many cases, watch them on the same devices we use to watch film and television, and they're you know like about characters who are ostensibly going through some kind of plot. Um, but they're so fundamentally different that I think sometimes it can, they're just more different than we think, Yeah. Like, even though we often use them for the same purpose. Yeah. I mean, um, the, the, the <clears throat> games, games genres are defined on the axis of their mechanics instead of their thematic content naturally for a reason. Like that just, that is not yeah. a thing that someone chose like as an academic or intellectual point to make that we're going to call some games strategy games, right. some games, adventure games. That's just, it's just unconsciously just speak, the way that you're speaking brain, to the way that people actually receive games, right? Yeah, right. which is, you know, as an interactive, you know, system, mm-hmm. even a, even a game that is like an adventure game that we would not describe as being systems heavy is still ultimately like you're interacting with it as, as a system, mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, even if it's a less complex one than, you know, something with a lot of like AI churning in the background or something yeah yeah but uh, but there are definitely there are definitely people who i think lament that and would like to find ways to close that gap somewhat Um, but it's hard it is hard everything's hard i guess everything's hard in conclusion um all right let's see um do 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 shadow zenith writes I'm looking around the amazing stuff coming out of Wizard Jam 4, and I thought I'd share a story that highlights how this community is not just making cool shit, but inspiring development. I got laid off after working as a systems designer for five years at a medium-sized company and was struggling to re-enter the industry for months. It was a real low point for me, and I was entertaining thoughts about a professional life without the games I love. Enter Wizard Jam 3. The little burst of schedule, structure, and encouragement reminded me of why I do this and how important other people are to the process. The simple personality test I made came together because it was designed to amuse you guys, not to satisfy myself. I really needed that reminder that we make games to share them, not to prove we're hireable. 
The reason I'm not jamming right now is that I'm busy working along a team at our new startup, and if it weren't for Wizard Jam, I might have taken a different job and missed out on doing what I've wanted ever since eight-year-old me played Super Mario Brothers for the first time. So jam on, you crazy wizards, and I can't wait to see this year's stream and play the games just as soon as this demo is locked. Shadow Zenith from San Francisco. Cool. Nice. That's nice. awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Wizard Jam 4 is the biggest of all of the Wizard Jams. We're coming up. Uh, there's like 58 games that have been submitted, which is 10 more than the previous Wizard Jam, and all the entries look super good. So, um, mm-hmm. oh, for those who don't know, Wizard Jam is a two-week-long game jam that the Idle Thumbs forum community and like readers Slack organize every six months where you make whatever you want uh but the the title of your game should be the title of an old idle thumbs network episode so yep there's some real good stuff yeah yeah it's been cool to see that this one has eclipsed even other i mean i i guess nick and i have been like strenuously keeping ourselves uh yeah spoiler free for this wizard jam so that when we play the games on the stream like which jake will put together um we will be we will have totally like unvarnished reactions and as a result it i because i'm not sort of immersing myself in it i've just kind of been my emotional feeling has been like oh you know there's like there'll be like some games but but it's like 60 games yeah it's actually i mean it's actually a ton of games yeah so we're gonna have to do multiple streams again this time yeah we'll try and be better organized about it this time around yeah yeah um We'll, it, we'll pick the date soon. We don't have it yet. Sorry. We're thinking it'll be mid-January just because this month is kind of a disaster in terms of But if you want to check out Wizard Jam games right now because uh, the jam is over, you should go to... Oh, man. This is... I always... This is oh, so man. hard to do. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, it's itch.io slash jam slash wizard dash jam dash four. The number four. Uh, and if you... you have to, do you have to spell out the number and four? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Dash four, dash the, dash number, dash four. <laughs> the first time I said four, it was a number. <laughs> dash the, dash first, dash... <laughs> anyway, itch.io slash jam slash wizard dash jam dash number four. But only the number four, not the word number. Um, we should probably just register some sort of wizard jam dot info domain name. That, mm-hmm. uh, that, that just auto-redirects to whatever the current one is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we should. Wizard or jam just set up a landing page that has links to... Previous jams. Like on the extras... Section yeah. of wizardjam.cool. We should figure out what the, what a good wizard jam domain mm-hmm. name is. Yeah. yeah, we should do that. I agree. Um, yes, all right. Well, <laughs> let's see. Gregory Pilecki writes, Dear Thumbs, now that you're streaming your recording of the podcast, could you tell us about your setup? What equipment and software are you using? Thanks a lot, Greg and Helsinki. I would be happy to because I think our setup is hilarious and stupid, uh, and I'm very proud of it at the same time. So our video stream is actually done through four webcams that we have all plugged into one PC, um, which has totally saturated it. And I need to upgrade the computer now. But um, we we uh, do our video streaming through XSplit, which is one of the two most common video streaming programs. It's either that or OBS. Um, and we have the same like mixing hardware that we use for the podcast, and we just ran a line out from that into the streaming PC, which we then mix on that computer through a thing called voice meter banana yep. <laughs> which is an amazing which software. is real it's a it's a real program it's an amazing software mixer that's free that lets you take like the mic input and your computer's input and input from another streaming computer if you're running a game stream and you can do all the mixing at a software level instead of having an intermediate hardware mixer um because we also 
our setup is way more intense than it needs to be given that we don't stream video games out of this office that often, but we also have a second PC that we can run game streams off of that feed its video into our streaming PC so that we can split the load. So like if you're running a CPU intensive game, it doesn't fuck up your stream. Um, and we're doing that through an amazing piece of hardware that the gun run from Twitch recommended. It's a little, uh, hardware dongle called a Magewell. It's made by Magewell, right? Yeah, if you, look, company? if you go yeah. to if you go to Magewell, they they make a they make an HDMI to USB thing, which takes any HDMI input and live converts that data out over USB, so that any computer you plug it into basically sees it as a webcam that's displaying your computer monitor data, which is fantastic because other HDMI transcoders and stuff that we were trying to use to get video from one computer to another were a total nightmare. Yeah. Um, so if, if you're looking for that, for the ability to pull video off of one computer and then just stream it out as webcam data on another computer, Magewell. Mm-hmm. Also, it means that we have a rig that has voice meter banana and a Magewell <laughs> yeah. uh, involved. So we just have all the stupidest names. The final software step is um, YouTube Looper, which we use to repeat the Idle Thumbs theme <laughs> Oh every, yeah, every fifteen seconds. Oh, in, that, that is the other thing. Actually, I, there's a um, XSplit, the video software we use. You, YouTube Looper reminded me that there is some actual real other stuff that we use. They have a there's a simple JavaScript that you can add to XSplit called Camera Rotator, uh, which I use to cycle between the different cameras, um, which we hope to make more advanced. Timer. Yeah, we hope to make more advanced at some point. But right now, it just cycles between them, uh, so yeah. that you can inadvertently see Nick's face when I say something. Uh, also, the other uh, one thing we still have to figure out is that for whatever reason, even though it feel it's, we're using the same audio we use on the podcast, which is um, mixed correctly, by the time it, we get it to our streaming computer, it often is like has additional gain to the point that it clips out, which um, you won't hear on the if you're listening to the podcast version of this. But you are probably you probably hear if you're listening on Twitch or YouTube, and we're trying to figure out why that is and yeah. how we can fix it. Uh, but it's been really fun setting all this up. I mean, it was initially fun to set up the, like, when we did the Kickstarter in 2012 to, like, get an iMac and get a real proper, uh, like, digital pre for our audio. And it's been fun and even more insane to try and turn this audio studio into a vi- video studio. And it's, it's a mm-hmm. work in progress. But, yeah, like, we're getting there. As just sort of a strange hobby project, it's uh, I find it really fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't do anything, but yeah, it's, it's, oh, fun and, for me. Uh, it's fun for me to see what you've done. The Idle Thumbs logo that we have on Loop is, in fact, a true type font of the Idle Thumbs logo that I did feed into the actual Windows like 3D logo <laughs> spinning <laughs> screensaver, uh, which I then overlaid the uh, old Windows 3 Starfield screensaver on top of, and then frapsed myself waggling the mouse wildly, uh, and then superimposed that over a screenshot of the Windows 95 screensaver <laughs> screen that I modified to have a fake Idle Thumbs screensaver on it. I'm very proud of that stupid thing. Um, really fortunately, good. if you are watching this on YouTube or Twitch, you saw it like 30 times to 50 <laughs> times this week. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Anyway, live streaming news. Yep. All right. Justin Bozong writes, this is Justin from tvstoreonline.com and uglychristmassweater.com. I wanted to inquire about the possibility of advertising on the Idle Hands show. Thanks, <laughs> Justin TVSO. Idle Hands. Wait, is that the real Justin TV? <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, wait, does, does, my is name he... is Justin TV. I sold my Twitch TV <laughs> to Amazon, and now I'm selling things to Idle Hands. <laughs> I mean, there is that big, um, like, uh, superstore chain in Japan called Idle Hands. Is he? Just, oh, there is. Yeah, is he mixing it up? 
No, people just do this all the time. Okay. People, like fucking robo marketers who are trying yeah, yeah, yeah. like try to contact Idle Thumbs about business opportunities. Okay. Often, I guess they're not. I guess robots wouldn't do that. Robots would get it correct. But it's yeah. people who are basically just human robots spamming infinite companies for advertising <laughs> shit often right. refer to us as idle hands. Yeah. Oh, actually, idle hands is not that. Um, all right. Robert uh, Kazmierczak writes, just so you know, and then links to a post on Touch Arcade about the end of Desert Golf. Friend of oh, her yeah, remembers my like months long obsession with Desert Golf on iOS um, that was a like procedurally but not randomly generated golf very 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 simple golf game on mobile phones where you just sort of drag and release to launch the ball and it just goes hole after hole after hole on a completely just connected sorry scrolling endless or seemingly endless left to right series of golf holes and uh someone got to the end someone's been playing it for i guess years now it was like whole 64,000 something 64,465 a number that sounds like it's probably an integer cap somewhere yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yes exactly that's what it sounds like so this was someone named alden ludwig who who wrote on twitter whole 64,465 182,583 shots taken. We've reached the end of Desert Gulf Ocean from here on out. And yeah, there's just a cliff and then <sighs> and endless ocean. Blue after that. sea. Yep. yep. So many holes. I mean, yep. that, if you, you play that for a year, it would be 175 holes a day. That is just ridiculous. Well, it's been about two years. It's been, it's been about years. two years. All right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, so I, yeah, eighty I, holes, a day holes a day on average. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, when I fly, when I fly on airplanes now, I listen to podcasts and play desert golf. Oh, you still play desert golf? I uh, just on flights because like if I, or if I don't have another game that I want to play, mm-hmm. I just sort of fall back to it. But I'm still only on like hole two thousand or twenty five hundred yeah. or something. So, uh, yeah, that's just mind. I'm only sixty two thousand away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> Justin Smith, the developer of the game. His his only reply to this was a tweet saying, "It's real. No one would fake those terrain glitches." <laughs> <laughs> a very good mea culpa yep. slash admission, um, or slash confirmation, I suppose. It's really good. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, the the integer max actually is six five five three five. So I guess it stopped. He stopped earlier than that. But it sounds like. Once you once you get up into the mid sixty thousands, that's mm-hmm. what it where what it all. What there may I also be of. other like yeah. things that were that started the count later than yeah. Um, like it might not have started at zero it, for the first level. You yeah. know who knows. Um, Ian E P writes, "Hi, how are you today? My name's Ian, and I wanted to query the advertising you offer on your website. I'll be looking to provide articles that you will publish. We'll include a link in article body. Would you be interested in this at all?" If so, please get in touch to discuss. Hope to hear from you soon. Okay. Um, <laughs> what are these? What is happening? <laughs> Antonio Capavani writes, I hope you're scraping a little money off of these sort of fake promotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope these are the first of, uh... I, don't, I assume they're not fake. I mean, I assume they're fake just in the way that like most of the internet economy is fake. Right. But right. I think they're intended to be genuine. If you're suddenly like, with Google, I make $65 a day working from home. <laughs> What is Obama not telling you? New law Obama passed. Homeowners, (laughs) look out. (laughs) 
My boss holed up in a mountain in Montana with millions of... Have you guys fucking seen this shit? (laughs) What? Have you guys not seen this? No. God damn it. We're into the deep reader mail now. Yeah, I know. There's some (laughs) video that I get on YouTube all the time, and it's like a very... It's like a low production value ad, and it's like, my millionaire boss holed up in a cabin in Montana because of an upcoming financial disaster that... That you can learn about with from our. Fix. I like that at first you said you hold up in a mountain and then you changed it, you downgraded it to cabin. It's something like yeah. that. It's in the mountains. It's yeah, like, the, be- the better version knows where the is where the boss is living in like a hollowed out missile right. silo. Yeah, yeah, he's just yeah. <laughs> I mean that's th- that's basi- that's basically the vibe that they're trying to get. And then sometimes I get a version of the ad that's the actual guy who's like, "Hi, I'm the guy." I there's something <laughs> really important. That what he says? Oh, whatever his fucking name, whatever his goddamn I'm name is. I'm the guy. I'm the guy you've heard of. And and it and it's clear like <laughs> in those ads. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's clearly intended in to the just like to. It's clearly intended to target probably older, probably more conservative people yep. who like have an inherent distrust of the government Join and the me financial in my like system. Cave. Yeah, it's <laughs> it it. I fucking hate it and. The, the the main reason I hate it is because it's so I get it so much that I assume that the people it's target actually targeted at Are get you? it just fucking constantly. I mean, I guess I am, um, but it's it's I find it like infuriating. I mean, and look around of, you right now. Tell me, this <laughs> doesn't look like a weird millionaire cave surrounded by elaborate portraiture of us of us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, Antonio writes, Hey guys, just wanted to pick up on the conversation about lo-fi coding as an almost aesthetic choice for video games. I've been involved with aspects of indie development since I was young, especially in the Flash game scene from 2005 to 2009, mostly doing bad animations for other people's games. I always wanted to make my own games and not be beholden to what the guy doing the scripting wanted to do, but I have a lack of natural skill for anything math-based, so I only picked up the basics of action script and more recently GML and C++, instead working on assets and graphics mostly. So I asked my friends for copies of their code, basic platformer games and so on, and reverse engineered those to do what I wanted to do, even if the segments of code I was working with weren't meant to do those things. I've been doing this for the entire time I've been developing games, and I've still, and I've come to consider it a somewhat stylistic choice in the way I program, born out of necessity since the scope of the things I want to make exceeds my actual ability. I often look at tutorials, copy the code, and use my limited knowledge to adapt it to do what I want. I feel this affects the way the game is played. Things generally feel a bit janky, which then inform the, inform the aesthetic choices I make in designing the assets and levels to allow the player to reconcile with the effects of, the lo-fo- of this so-called lo-fi code. I reckon this may be the case for other games developed by unskilled people. The choices made beyond the code are used to mask or to explain the sketchier aspects of the programming. Anyway, I hope that was somewhat insightful and didn't make myself sound like too much of a hack. Cheers, Antonio. That's really cool. And that's, I mean, that's a way that I think a lot of people were able to get started with some of this stuff earlier. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. some of the only time that I ever touched anything resembling code uh, in when I was doing really early game sort of fucking with was downloading a Quake mod and then poking at it or whatever. Um, This actually reminds me, this is not a game dev thing, but there's um, there's a website that just launched, I think this week, um, called Go Mix. It's by Fog Creek Software, the people who make Fog Bugs and Trello and Stack Exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go Mix is a website that is designed almost entirely to be a more modern version of doing like uh, in web pages. A lot of ways ways that people used to learn how to make web pages was by doing view source and then just hacking shit in the inspector or downloading copies of stuff. It's that, but. They're trying to carry that out to like web apps and Slack bots and stuff. So people, if you publish something on GoMix, 
um, it's it's a more like noob friendly version of forking something on GitHub or something where they, oh, the whole idea of it is that there's a live preview and a really simple mm. editor and then you can publish your own clone of it that you can then use however you want. So like if someone makes a Slack bot that you like but wish that it said different things or like did its calculations slightly differently, you can the source of it is published there and its whole purpose is to very easily let you kind of kit bash web apps and it there's no game equivalent of that but i thought that was a what's uh, it called again it's called gomix g o m i x.com that's awesome and like for like for the web version of that for twitter bots slack bots and website uh sort of hackery that seems like a really cool endeavor. Doing that for a game would be more tough, but... Man, so if there is a thing, and I, I wish I remembered the name of it, but there is a website that I just, like, popped onto for a second that was essentially, like, um, you know, a series of uh, tutorials on, like, how to make your game, but what they were doing was this basically creating, like, a unit, like a light version of Unity, where there was a live preview of a 3D scene, <laughs> and then a code window off to the right, Wow, and you could just make changes to the code window and just hit run in the same way that you would in like Unity or any other game. Interesting. Engine. I mean, and uh, they were just sort of tutorializing it in the way that like Code Academy would. That's awesome. I wish I could remember the name of the thing, but yeah, yeah there's stuff like that if, popping if, up all the time. Also, now. if you're willing to get your hands dirty right off the bat, this is a lot less punk rock than any sort of old versions of this. But with Unity and with the Unity Asset Store, it's very easy to download uh, yeah. something that does yeah. basically what you want, and then everything, almost everything, in the Unity Asset Store uh, runs off of C Sharp, which is an interpreted script instead of pre-compiled code, so you get the source code to everything. So, like, downloading a first-person mover that you're interested in, but then, like, fuck with the jump height or, like, whatever, like, mm-hmm. change the way that a camera works. Like, all that stuff is actually surprisingly easy if you're a person who has any like lightweight familiarity even with reading source code even if you can't write it yourself from scratch um which i know is miles off from what uh what we're talking about in in some ways but like it's it's interesting that unity being free and the assets are having a ton of free stuff means that that sort of kit bashy game mod way of learning can come back into people's lives if you want with with entirely free tools yeah oh yeah well i mean then you look at stuff like game maker and that's like I mean, a lot of people got started that way mm-hmm. with that as well. Like, didn't uh, didn't um, Derek you release the source code to the original Spelunky, Sp- the game I maker think, code? I think Spelunky is is fully available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that stuff is awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, 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 Hyacinth writes, "Hello, long time, first time, etc." I just listened to episode 289 and your discussion about lo-fi game mechanics, I was instantly reminded of a particular experience I had while working on a game. I'm a game developer in kind of both a professional and hobbyist capacity. That is, I make games that are, for lack of a better term, made for consumption, as well as weirder experiments where I try to poke at specific sorts of mechanics, modes of interaction, or general play aesthetics without the need for anything resembling polish. I'm also a glitch artist, which doesn't directly inform this story, but supports how much I like broken things. Anyway, I was making one of those small personal experiments once, something about bodies and sex and kink because I'm the most stereotypical queer trans game dev, I I guess, and it was my first time using any sort of inverse kinematic rigging system. I'm an alright systems designer, but I'm not great with realistic visual art or animation, so for this project I mostly was using photos of naked people that I'd edited to look like paper cutouts rigged to the uh, IK bones when I basically misclicked without understanding exactly how the system worked and my model effectively collapsed in on itself, deformed, and turned itself inside out. This, I thought, was aesthetically perfect. 
It wasn't what I was going for in the thing I was working on, but on its own merits, it was incredible and not something I would have come to had I not been screwing around with tools I didn't really know how to use. It got me thinking about making a sex game whereby the bodies in question don't really obey the laws of physics or biology. I still haven't cracked into that idea because I'm working on a bigger project, but I'd love to take a swing at it in the coming year. Just a few thoughts about how that sort of lo-fi game mechanic aesthetic can perhaps work. Keep up casting the great pods, Hyacinth. Oh, that's awesome. That's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Working on a game and getting out of your depth and then watching something fuck up spectacularly and being inspired by that is the best. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, I, I mean, I would say honestly one of the biggest frustrations about working on something that is largely realistic looking, and this is not a like grand frustration, but it's the kind of thing that comes up all the time is that very often there will be some weird like shader bug or mm. crazy thing that will make your entire game look totally bananas, but in a way that's awesome. And you're like, fuck, I wish we could just make that game. Like, yeah. I wish there yeah. was actually possible for us to just make the totally crazy version of this. And like, I'm not enough of a visual, like I don't really do pretty much any uh, graphics. Pro- I mean, I, don't, I literally don't do any graphics programming at all. And so I would never probably even get myself to the point where I would be making those mistakes. You wouldn't climb the hill enough to even be able to make to it fuck up that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but whenever I see like an actual real graphics programmer, just sort of like paste in yeah. a video or a GIF or a, a screenshot of something like outrageous. I'm like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Like that's amazing. You know, everything's like inverted, but only on a specific layer and in a right. weird way. And it's like, Oh, that's just, that's crazy. So, and yeah, physics can do shit like that too. As the, I mean, I guess the, the thing the reader was describing is kind of, it was basically physics. Yeah. 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 You should that probably is, wrap it up pretty soon. Oh, sure. Um, Sorry, everyone. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry, um, Chris. All right. Here's another email. Hello. I hope you are well. I work for Media Top Online Media Agency. God damn it. I'm writing inquire if you would be interested in write blog posts or article for us on your www.idlethumbs.net website. You will receive fixed payment for your work. An article should be on topic and relevant to your business. I look forward to hearing from you. Best regards, marketing agent, Media Top Media Account Manager. Man, uh, when I used to work, I, I worked uh, for a couple years in like... F- the not alternative weekly newspapers in Santa Cruz County, right. like the not fun yeah. art ones. <laughs> right. And there was some, mm, this stuff is, this stuff is reminding me of like when we sold enough ads to have like a, a more than 24 page issue, but we did not have the editorial staff to write that. Oh, and there was some <laughs> real crappy, like paid consideration stuff that I had to run. And often we just ran it as articles or like, just pull it off this garbage wire service. It's amazing yeah. how much of that's, that I mean, stuff that, just exists. If anything, that happens even more now because no one has staff big enough to, yeah. that's true. Although I think a, a lot of papers uh, that are of that scale, but still of, of some repute, will like subscribe to a good wire service like you, oh, can, sure. you can like <laughs> right to the ap or the yeah. upi or something yeah. anything yeah. where you can like pull actual news that m- might not you just mean be not like, the idle <laughs> thumbs blog uh, wire service yeah <laughs> but just like so like what are the kinds of things you guys it was like run? oh well you know we, we ran out of any articles but we sold to these three cosmetic companies so just pull some garbage beauty tips thing off the wire uh, service uh, and run yeah, it yeah. okay uh, yeah that also might have brand recommendations in them that we are not well, paid see, for. Well, see, again, but, I know. suspect shitty wire services like that, again, are probably even more common than they ever have been. Yeah. Just content farms. I mean, the online version of that now is like 
Oh, they're just everywhere. It's literally it's everywhere. Infinite. Those articles yeah. are on every single the bottom of every single fucking yep. website. I hate it. Those are starting to go away again a little bit. I, I think. I saw something but recently that those are not nearly as effective as you would think, and that they are going to probably yeah, good. They they're dying away. God, yeah. I hate them. Yeah. One time I fucking clicked on one too, and the insane thing is, it doesn't even take you to the article. It takes no, you I to know. yeah, it takes you to some crazy landing page with like just an infinite grid of like hundreds of articles. One of which is the one that you right. clicked on. Yeah, Christ. It, I, I already feel, felt bad for even trying to click on one of them ever, and that made me even more convinced <laughs> of just what a just a septic tank yep, right. that entire like underlayer of the internet is. I oh, yeah. fucking hate it. Yeah, yeah. Out Outbrain is one of the is like I, the company <laughs> Outbrain. that is. You know, Outbrain. It always says that. It always says wow. like because they always have some cheeky name like news from around the web or like content from our partners. <laughs> And then it's and then there's often like a logo and it's like powered by Outbrain. So Outbrain is like a company that is like one of the that's dominant the, companies that does this. That's the name of the game I'm going to make when I have a weird physics bug happen to me the next <laughs> time. Outbrain. Gonna, You'll yeah. get sued yeah. by Outbrain, a uh, dominant yeah, company. Oh, shit. <laughs> Outbrain, a dominant company. <laughs> <laughs> They're owned by Dominant LLC. God, Dominant Incorporated. Yeah. They would just uh, be the, the Dominant Corporation <laughs> is what they would be called. A subsidiary Let's... of Submissive uh, <laughs> Corporation. <laughs> anyway. Oh God! Is that outbrain. It? Yeah, I mean, I, we can call it on that. Oh, call shit. it on outbrain. Yeah. Okay. Are you? Uh, you're you're planning on finishing up Dark Souls One on stream, like <sighs> within the next it. day or two, right? I think four o'clock today. So if you're listening to the podcast version, it's already happened, probably. Yes. But if you're watching live, sorry. Stay tuned. Yeah. On this very channel. Yeah. Um, well, you can write us email. Read, dear readers, at questions at idlethumbs.net. Uh, thank you for sending us enough email to do a, basically an entire reader mail episode this week. It's yep. always, always really fun to do that. We get really good email. It's it's very encouraging. Um, you can find us on Twitter at idlethumbs, on Facebook at facebook.com slash idlethumbs. We have a disgusting amount of content going up on Twitch and YouTube, twitch.tv slash idlethumbs and youtube.com slash idlevideos. Um, and if you do enjoy this podcast, please consider telling a friend or rating or reviewing us on iTunes. If you're watching this on the video version, this is an audio podcast primarily and can be subscribed to on iTunes, Google Play, any of the places you get your podcasts typically. And um, if you're listening to the podcast version, you can watch it on our YouTube channel at Idle Video, youtube.com slash Idle Videos. Um, there's other podcasts at idlethumbs.net that we host. We actually, um, my wife Sarah and I, do a podcast called the idle book club, which I mentioned because we recently put out um, the most recent episode about the 1996 Chris Krauss, um, like pseudo memoir, pseudo fiction, like crazy experimental novel. I love Dick and are this current month reading the sellout by Paul Beatty, which was the first American book to win, which is currently the winner of the man Booker prize, the first American book to win it since they opened it up to American authors. So you can find that at idlebookclub.com. And our sister podcast, Idle Weekend, is still running strong. I should give a tip of the hat to Danielle, who has taken over producing uh, production duties from me on Idle Weekend and has been doing a great job. Um, so she and Rob Zachney do that podcast every week at idleweekend.net. That's a good podcast. It is a good podcast. I'm not saying podcast. the Idle Book Club isn't a good podcast, <laughs> but I'm saying that Idle Weekend is a good podcast. Well, I would agree with that. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for reading. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
we close it out like the Zodiac all the time? Always now. now. I, find, yeah. I find it very strange. I really wanted to set up a camera that somehow framed only me and Nick, but it would be really hard. It would have to be like a camera from where your head oh, is. It's ultra wide <laughs> <Yeah>. angle. <laughs> that or would be really good. Maybe we should do like a split screen hmm. one that has just you and I like face to face. Can I get one oh, camera yeah. pointing this way mounted on my microphone like so I can POV. be like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Say, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a GoPro on your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That's a really funny idea. People can just read the reader mail before it's read. <laughs> What oh, sh- oh yeah, weird. <laughs> what shitty trash that would be if our podcast was us with all three of those with GoPros all- on our heads, still auto switching between them. <laughs> hmm. The ultimate form oh, of that I would, would be first for, person podcast. If we did that, we would have to actually get them uh, to be cameras that have the like lens distorter to go full 360 VR. Oh no! Oh, so it's God. like watch this in your gear, uh, and then it's just. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just people vomiting God, everywhere as we yeah, start going like that. And yeah, then yeah, your yeah. VR view that would just, actually oh. be crazy to put one just mount on the, that monitor yeah. there, a 3D thing. That'd be cool, actually. Twitch.tv slash thumbs VR, yeah. where we trans <laughs> trans stream our VR version. Yeah. Please don't watch on this channel. It's not a partner account. You can't <laughs> you can't subscribe to this. <laughs> uh. I like the version where it's on all of our heads, and you can see. Yeah. What does the podcast look like when you're Nick? And that one we just desaturate it like thirty percent as well. <laughs> Nick's VR POV. Slight red tint. We're talking about um, how maybe you, you can inadvertently uh, fuck people up by streaming at 1080p if they don't have the bandwidth. And then people were talking about no, no, no. There's that video quality button, and then someone has said video quality alters the quality of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually like an internalization meter, but it affects right. our brains. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually a vote. When you choose low, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You're making your the quality of this video. Known. I have declared that this is a right. low quality video. <laughs> yeah. That's also self perpetuating because then it also reduces the streaming quality for you. So well, it, it demoralizes gets worse. us. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it just makes us worse podcasters. Jake naturally believes source is the best option. True, true. <laughs> All the best content. Displayed via source. Yeah. 